Hello, I am C-3PO, and I believe the storyteller is ready. So, let us begin. This week, the story is all about the most basic appeal to all of us. Bottom line. The beams that draw us in like moths. The vibrating sounds we create with our throats and our teeth, the choreography we reenact on the front lawn, arguably the most iconic visual representation of this extraordinary universe, and probably the coolest movie prop in history, the lightsaber. So props master John Steers first creates the three lightsabers scene in Star Wars A New Hope using parts from an old camera, uh, and animator Nelson Shin created the glowing effect scene in the final cut of the film. He did that, uh, of course, with animation, Audio engineer Ben Burt designed that inimitable sound effect by blending the rattling hum of a movie projector with the static interference recorded in close proximity with the antenna of a TV set. And, and since this original collaboration, the lightsaber as seen on film has been tweaked and upgraded uh, again and again. Uh, they're all different at this point, but it remains the most desirable gadget in a world of terribly cool gadgets. And so this week, we're going to be counting down our top six favorite lightsabers in Star Wars. Uh, and this is one of those weeks where we have essentially no restrictions, go wild, as broad or as traditional as you like. It will be interesting to see how this translates as an audible medium. Did you find it challenging to to come up with a list and, and consider how we're going to discuss this thing that's so visual? Uh, yes and no. Uh, I understand. I'm looking at my list right now. Uh, let's see. Uh, of my... Uh... Of my six, there is only one that you won't know. Okay. Uh, and so under that circumstance, I, I will have some task visually describing it. Uh, but it's the kind of thing where a quick Google search can kind of answer that for you as well. Uh, but at the same time, you have to talk about the use case as well, uh, its impact on the story, uh, and your descriptions as to uh, maybe its usability or like the I guess the, the the practicality of it, the creativity of its design, and how it's maybe used in the plot, and how it's uh, the uniqueness of its design can be utilized in Star Wars. How it represents the character that is something that I think Disney's actually done a really good job of uh, enforcing further is the bond. Uh, a Jedi or Force user has with their Kyber crystal, uh, which then links in back with the lightsaber, which is also great. Uh, shows a little bit of disconnect when you think of moments like Anakin and Obi-Wan being tossed to like random sabers in the Battle on Geonosis. Right. But at the most part, when you think of what Obi-Wan talked about earlier in the movie and like this weapon is your life and the relationship that you should have with it and it shouldn't just be something so careless. Um, and it's a, it's a very important thing in Star Wars and it has uh, consistently grown in canon and is one of my absolute favorite things. I have a few lightsaber props myself. Um, and I just, I've always thought the lightsaber was the coolest thing. When we were kids, we painted broomsticks and, um, played with lightsabers on the lawn in that regard. The sounds that they make, uh, everything about them, tape measures, um, using that every time you draw a tape measure back, um, that is using a lightsaber every time you turn on a flashlight, that is yeah. a lightsaber. Um, lightsabers are every time you want to call something to yourself from one side of the room to the other, it's a lightsaber. Ever, like lightsabers, uh, like they're they're like you just said, they're just so damn cool. In a world of cool, they're the coolest. You're so right. So many things <laughs> that, and that's can be pretty damn hard. So many things can be a lightsaber too. Like the remote control for the TV is a lightsaber. Yeah, Your absolutely. shampoo bottle is a lightsaber. Sure, it's just definitely. It's just incredibly obligatory in the world around you, and it's 
I don't know. It's very childlike, but I don't think that ever totally goes away. It's every now and then you have this weird instinct. You're holding something oblong and you're like, well, here's my goddamn lightsaber. That's absolutely right. And yeah. uh, the fact that uh, creativity with lightsaber design has expanded, it makes that even easier to visualize, which is just so cool. A can of soup, lightsaber, boom. <laughs> Such a stout lightsaber, no less. Absolutely. But then you have to get, <laughs> but then the best part about that is you visualize, okay, what creature in Star Wars would have a benefit from a stout gripped lightsaber like that? Right. Who has a wide, what, what is like a small but like large hand uh, sort of creature in Star Wars or something like So like in theory, there are some really cool lightsaber designs out there like uh, in uh, Heir to the Jedi. Uh, it's a book where Luke finds a lightsaber. I forget what the species is, but it's like an aquatic species. And the lightsaber is like really tacky and kind of like we it, it, it's like this really gross kind of texture and it's like it's it almost feels like like uh like liquidy or rubber i'm not fully remembering it right he describes it as being just like so non-human but it's clearly designed for a species that doesn't really have hands but maybe some other sort of like flipper like uh appendage uh, in the star wars world and so that's what's so creative about lightsabers and i mean the majority of the lightsabers we see are wielded by humans uh, or humanoids but uh they can be very creative in their design very quickly do you remember i mean i know you do when we would like sit on the front porch and draw with paper like what the hilt of our lightsabers would look like if we were jedi do you remember mm. at all what yours looked like in your imagination do you still have uh, a similar sense of that and, Absolutely. And can you describe it at all to me without giving away any of your top six picks? Nah. Not really? No. No. No, I, I, uh, I can, uh, I'll get into that a little bit throughout. Um, okay, then all yeah. I'll say is that I vividly remember thinking it would be so cool if someone had a lightsaber that was just chrome, no grip, no doodads, mm. nothing, literally nothing, including a button, and you had to use the force to turn it on. And it's a little and strange that to me that that's never actually come up. Yeah, and it's not like even if you need like if someone says, "Oh, that's not how the force works." Um, okay, put a switch inside the lightsaber. Yeah, that's how the force works. And close it off. Yeah, use the force to move the switch. That is how the force works, bitch. <laughs> that's like, what I had in mind. Yeah, like, it is like there's a million ways it can be like the coolest thing. I always thought that was such a creative idea that you had, and I've always wished it could come to life. Uh, I've always thought that that was a cool one. Okay, uh, but yeah, no lightsaber designs. Uh, it, it's always something you think about. Definitely, right, right for sure. And so, a, at least when I was tackling this list, coming up with my top six favorites in Star Wars, I definitely thought the most about the design of the hilt because that's what makes them kind of proprietary. That's what makes them for sure uh, really unique. Uh, but there are other factors, and we can discuss that as we go. Do you, do you want to get going with this? Do you want me to start with my number six? Go for it. My sixth favorite. Star Wars lightsaber. I mean, we're coming in hot here. Darth Maul's double-bladed lightsaber. Nice. Uh, <laughs> so in tackling this list, I, I, I kind of had to consider, I guess, a few factors, and I was very loose about this, but um, number one is like general attraction to style. Just I look at it, and I'm attracted to it. Uh, mm. Number two, the sense that the design is practical if in use. And number three, uh, what the lightsaber itself represents to me as a fan even if the first two factors kind of fall short uh, of top marks uh, in terms of Darth Vader's double-bladed light staff. Maul. I, Darth, yeah, Darth Maul. I, I, think it is, I think it is the best example uh, of the latter, um, just meaning something to fans. The hilt itself is mm. not, it's not a visual masterpiece. It's quite plain. 
It's probably not uncomfortable to hold ergonomically speaking, uh, but it is lacking in any uh, like standard grip or or sensation. Still, it's got two goddamn blades. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's got two blades. Nothing compares to that reveal when the doors open and the robes come off and you realize, hang on a second, they can do that? I didn't know that was <laughs> in the rules. It's just unmatchable and that's why I'm all uh, original two-sided lightsaber because I guess he's had different ones uh, in canon, but that, of course, that obvious original one is deserving of a spot on my list. It just, it blows your mind. And so, It absolutely does. Yeah, yeah. There's, no, there's no two ways about it. I'm glad it was on your list. Uh, it's just, you're right. It's the reveal of it. It is the impact. Uh, I like the kind of those three criteria that you chose for evaluating. Uh, I would say I had those three evaluation criteria as well, uh, with kind of a few more thrown in there and a few other kind of accenting ones, but those being three very important ones, of course. And and I think you really, uh, hit home on the one that, uh, is, is significant is that it is, um, it's of consequence to the broader Star Wars. It's of consequence to fandom. Uh, and that's uh, that's a really cool and that's a very important thing that can't be ignored. This is our first entry into uh, a much larger, uh, an exponentially larger uh lightsaber design world. And like it's just so sensationally cool and it's like heavy. And it's used to bludgeon Qui-Gon before it murders him. Yeah. Like, it is just this, like, it's he's Maul. And he literally mauls Qui-Gon as he's killing him with this, just like, this mauling weapon. It's very representative of the character, which was another criteria that I used. Uh, and gave this, like, this lightsaber a good run on my list as well. And so it's, uh, it's a really impressive design. The emitters are just evil they just yeah. look sith like yeah uh and any of the jedi that have similar uh characteristics uh in their design i just i find it looks a little just a little dark uh almost because maul has kind of uh owned that menacing look uh but yeah it, it's a it's a cool lightsaber but its value really comes from its impact on fandom and uh, the broader Star Wars and and what it can do to our creativity about lightsabers and the way our mind can get like run wild about ideas and that's another one of the things that's the most important things about lightsabers. I mean, looking at it uh, in the minutia, it's a war machine. Like it's not built to look like a sports car. It's you're right. It's it's supposed to be it's raw looking because that's what matters to this guy. He's just a killing mm-hmm. machine. That's literally yeah. his whole purpose. He's a in tank. Life. He's a tank personally. Uh, and, and so, I mean, it's, and the other thing that's interesting about it is it kind of speaks to the sophistication of the instance of the force and force related, um, weaponry paraphernalia in this point in, uh, the Skywalker saga here in episode one, like it doesn't even appear to be surprising to Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon that double-bladed lightsabers exist. They're like, all right, we're doing this. Like, it's very possible they've seen this kind of concept before and Jedi had them. Yeah. And like that's the thing, like there are Jedi in the High Republic that will have them. Uh, Pong Krell was a Jedi in the Clone Wars who used one. Uh, he actually no, he used two. He used two double blade, uh, double bladed lightsabers. Uh, he was the same species as um, Dex. I forget their species. Okay, um, but he was he used two. So it was not a, an un, a ridiculous thing to see. But they were war machines. They were offensive, and so for a Jedi to use it, it's. It, it, it does raise an eyebrow, like, why do they need a lightsaber? Why do they need that kind of lightsaber? Interesting. Like, th- this is, like, and unless they're, like, on a specific 
like peacekeeping mission that involves like some murderous uh like alien bug insect species that they need to like fend off or something then maybe you can see it um but it, it's designed for the offensive and it's designed to kill jedi yes it's designed to take on more than one person at once and when is a jedi going to be taking on more than one person when is a jedi going to be taking on anyone in a lightsaber battle that shouldn't be that. That's the, not what the Jedi of this era were planning on, because the Sith were extinct. That's a great and so point, that's, and so that's why it's also like an instance where Maul is expecting to be outnumbered, having a master and apprentice, because there's so many goddamn Jedi. There's always two of them, and so it's almost like it's a completely well. It is because Palpatine knows exactly what's going to happen, and so he's planned and set it up this way for Maul to be exactly prepared for the right circumstance. This is a fantastic observation that Jedi's never anticipated to have to cross blades in that era. Mm. And that's the way it's really interesting. And that's why it's also interesting that a guy like Dooku becomes such a, an exquisite swordsman. Yeah. Uh, and a guy like Mace Windu, somebody who, ex who experiences the dark side, but doesn't allow it within him, um, by kind of, he kind of allows dark side users to kind of rope. He rope a dopes them a little bit with the way he lightsaber fights. It's, sure. it's, it's, it's an interesting kind of technique that's been explored and talked about in star Wars before. Um, but it, it, that's why those, it, it, it kind of creates these kind of interesting side bits about them. But yeah, it's uh Jedi. It, it's defensive and it's for practical use. And that's why someone like Qui-Gon and you see it's so, 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 so plain, right? That's, so, so, so what the Jedi should be. And that's why, once again, Qui-Gon is the ultimate Jedi because it's just, it's just there. It, it's just plain. It's practical, it's useful, but it's for the defense. It's not to be ornate or cocky. Well said. Okay, it's time for your number six. Uh, my number six would be Master Yoda. Oh, I wondered. The little green shadow. Uh, shadow is the term for a small, a small short lightsaber in Star Wars. Uh, and uh, a lot of the time they're used as a secondary lightsaber. Uh, so if a Jedi uses one lightsaber, they'll have a, generally their second lightsaber will be a shadow. Sometimes they'll hold it reverse, um, but it's often used as a defensive, uh, as very much a defensive weapon or a blaster deflector of, circum of circumstance. Uh, but because Yoda's so damn small, he just has a shadow because that's the appropriate size for him. Uh, I think this is such a cool lightsaber on so many levels. For one, it's the first instance where you get to see a smaller blade. Uh, this is a long-awaited lightsaber, one that it has had such a, a long reveal period. Like You've always kind of thought, well, what's Yoda's lightsaber like? Right. But it's exactly how you would picture it. It is exactly to a T what you would expect. Not only does it look like the original trilogy era with its crude design, uh, it's green and it's small, um, but it's very practical in its design, similar to what I was just saying about Qui-Gon's as well. But it's also, to me, improves. It, it improves on almost all of the original trilogy classic designs. So the grips look way more comfortable. Uh, the emitter switch uh, looks more practical in design. Uh, sorry, not the, the the switch looks more practical in design, and the emitter itself has kind of got this cool shielded look that's almost a little bit like a like a pirate guard, like or a, like a the guard that like skimitars would sometimes have in the handle, um, which also adds to extreme practicality uh, for the way you would hold it. Uh, and to be honest, the way that I would always like, kind of like picture like a, a lightsaber that I would want to have would be one like that, but of a larger size, one that's like a bit more of a, 
of a, of a human hand size. But it has a lot of great practicality built within its design. Um, and the fact that it's kind of that original trilogy, uh, prequel era mix, it's, it's just, it's so Star Wars-y. Green is a great color. Um, and although I'm not a huge fan of a Yoda using his lightsaber a ton, uh, it doesn't take away from the fact that I absolutely love the design. Uh, and of course I love Yoda, but, uh, this was one that, uh, just in terms of a personal like for the, the clean look of the design, uh, it had to make my list. Yeah. It would be insane if Yoda didn't have a green lightsaber. That would be such a, yes. that would be such an obvious zag. Mm-hmm. There was part of me that thought it could have been when I was like little, thought it could have been yellow. Yeah. Uh, just because I don't know, I always wanted to see a yellow lightsaber and I felt like, well, if Mace Windu's got a purple one, then it would make sense for Yoda to have one that is also different or matters. Uh, and it's kind of like gold and he's number one. It just made a lot of sense. But that, at the same time, you're right. It would be missed. He's my little green friend. Um, and the way that uh, in Legends, green lightsabers were more for your your sage Jedi, the ones who were... Uh, very much wise. focused on, uh, yeah, the, the wise approach and uh, ign- igniting the lightsaber at last cost. Um, so it, it seems very fitting in that regard. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm really not a fan of of Yoda engaging in in battle with a with a lightsaber in general. It just seems a little bit uh, aside his character. You know, if they were, I, I, I guess, if we were going to do it. His battle with Sidious is sensible because that's really yes. when all all things have gone to hell. It's a mistake to have him do it in the movie leading up to it, especially since the, the animation there is like really over the top and, and quite silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We should have built to it a little bit longer, but that doesn't Agreed. take away from the fact that like, I mean, he is Jedi Master Yoda. He's the Grand Master of Jedi. He needs to have a lightsaber, even if only ceremonially. Yeah. Um, and I will say eight, eight year old or what was it? Uh, 2001, so seven year old me. That was my favorite moment in Star Wars as a seven-year-old. Yeah, it became my, and the the moment Yoda ignited his lightsaber, like that was like that immediately replaced everything. It was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Sure, I mean, it didn't take long for me to realize. Okay, no, that I'm just excited in the moment, but that's why it was done. And I can't fault George Lucas for that in that regard. So. No, but they just didn't wait. They could have waited another the, two you're, years. You're right, exactly, because yeah. it's not it's not like ten-year-old me would have been like. Oh no, I'm too I'm too cool for Yoda. Now. <laughs> <laughs> it's also just interesting because it represents Yoda in his most serious. And so like previ- yes. previous to this, we've seen him be very silly if wise, and we've also seen him be pretty stern if wise, but usually with like a lightness to him. And this is a symbol, this is like a sign, the fact that he turns on his lightsaber mm. that all jokes are truly aside. And I mean, it's very logical that that has to exist with the grandmaster of all Jedi. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, and that's the thing. He trains a lot of Jedi, so of course he has a lightsaber. But it's it's almost the the importance of him not needing to use it very often that also adds to um the coolness of it in the sense that it's like it's not brought out very much, but when it's brought out, it does some serious shit. All right, well I'm gonna go in the other direction for my number five and choose Sheev Palpatine, Darth Sidious's lightsaber. Oof. Well done, good choice. See, I wouldn't have really saw this, seen this for myself if I were to take a guess. Like if I were to just like haphazardly throw together a list, I had to think yeah. about it quite a lot to arrive at this. Obviously, I think Palpatine 
uh, and the portrayal of him by by Ian McDermott is like some of the finest drama in the series. It's some of the yeah. highest caliber stuff in Star Wars, no question. Also, um, a lot of the Emperor's aesthetic as a traditional warrior is kind of borderline. Like I, I, I think of like I love his Force lightning. We all love him using Force. Mm-hmm. Light. I do not love him using a lightsaber. Similarly to Yoda, um, in particular, his arrest scene with Mace Windu is it's just got some cringe factor. There's it's it leaves a lot to the. It, it does not translate um, right. what was intended and what could be done on screen right. did not work. Right. Now, having said that, I think the hilt, and that's largely what I'm talking about here, yeah. looks like him as a person in like a deeply accomplished way. Ergonomically, it looks so handleable. It has this uh, use of like a milky burgundy color in the metal. It kind of makes you wonder why that's not more common, um, the coloring of, of your lightsaber handle. It just has this like really expensive well, I believe that too, and that it's exp- expensive metals, but that also shows uh, a flashiness and an arrogance. Uh, much the reason as to why Mace Windu's use of uh, Electrum in his lightsaber hilt, the, the gold, yeah. is also somewhat questioned by other Jedi because you're not supposed to do that. That's not yeah. Why the flash? Why the flash? Whereas with Sidious, it's like I'm fucking king of the world well that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying about palpatine is is just so like him it's both sleek and smarmy this this lightsaber handle Mm. i think that you could give the casual star wars fan say 10 hilts to pick from and ask them to guess which one is palpatine's and most of them would guess correctly it clearly looks like his lightsaber yeah it's it's so unique in its design it's very small but it's for a very specific one-handed grip uh, he had b- a bunch of them, uh, so he would dual wield with them. Uh, he wouldn't use them that very often, but he certainly could. And he has an epic battle in the Clone Wars where he dual wields Maul and his brother. Interesting. Um, it's pretty badass. Uh, but that's the thing. Sidious, uh, like Yoda, doesn't have to use sabers, but when he does, it's like to just bring fury in on the world. Uh, the design is very unique. Um, it's curved and it's. It's very Naboo, but it's also, it reminds you of his office. It just looks like his office. That's true. Uh, and so uh, it's cool that he stores them in the uh, Sages of the Duarte, um, those golden statues. That's where he would keep the lightsabers. What, why com- would he keep them in those? What does that mean? Uh, he had a hidden compartment that he could, it was just a, um, a discreet um, metal protected, uh, that way he always had a lightsaber on hand uh, in his office if he needed it. Um, in case the Jedi came to arrest him, <laughs> I guess, um, but yeah. he got extra prepared and had one up his sleeve for when uh, Mace Windu came because he could see the writing on the wall. Right. Um, but that also goes to show you, like, oh, he had it literally right up his sleeve because he was just prepared. Uh, are you threatening me, Master Jedi? Mm. Are you okay? Because if you're threatening me, that means that's literally what I'm going to tell the entire galaxy right here. Right. Because. The victors write the history, and I'm going to leave this room the victor, buddy. Yeah. This is not going to end well for you. So are you threatening me? Okay, it's treason then. Right. <laughs> that's, your, that's your crime. You committed treason. It's, and like people mock those lines, but like it's just that swift, like, uh, like it just comes down into his hand, those quick moments of just like, I'm, do, I, do I get to execute my Order 66 in full right now? I don't know. It, it it all culminates in such a badass way. You're absolutely right, and that's and that's all well and good. 
I would be remiss if we didn't discuss Force Lightning a little while longer because it is clearly sure. his signature move and it is more aggressive even than the traditional lightsaber, which you've discussed a lot already this evening as both offensive and defensive. Uh, mm. Whereas Force Lightning is only offensive. And that's mm -hmm. that's very sensible w w considering it's, it's a dark force power that he uses to attack people. He doesn't necessarily need to keep lightsabers hanging around, especially if he's trying to keep his secret. And he always has this in his fingertips. Differently, it's not only just only offensive. It's only offensive to things that can be killed. Right. It is not offensive to a rock. It does not cut through a door. Right. What it does do is short circuit a droid or electrocute a human or an animal. It's it an is attack. just it is just evil. Yeah. Um, but Palpatine does evolve further to no longer needing his lightsaber to a degree. Uh, and it's to a degree like the higher the level of force being almost the the less a need for the lightsaber mm -hmm. uh, in the say in the in the mortis arc for example anakin literally turns his lightsaber um to um the sun and the sun at full strength just pushes it back in <laughs> into the lightsaber uh, hilt yeah this is like no put this shit away like just takes the blade and pushes it back down and so like Lightsabers are to a degree um, not, but it's also, it's interesting because it keeps the, the, the Jedi grounded in a way. And so that's why the right Jedi does still use one because it still is a connection to the real world because right. it does have that same capability. So as when you see someone like Sidious evolving to not using a lightsaber, it's because he's trying to be a god. He's trying to no longer be grounded within what he can do with his hands. And so it's further manipulation of the force. And so it's really – lightning is – it's such an interesting um, way the force can be shaped. In the original trilogy, when Palpatine is portrayed by generally a fairly young man, young mm. comparatively to how he's portrayed later on, um, is Palpatine agile enough to wield a lightsaber at this point? Like, he's very slow moving. He sits very still all the time in those movies. If he needed to, could he still move around and... Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, with full force. Now, I I would say no in the... Well, I would, I would say a hard no in Rise of Skywalker, but by the end, when he becomes uh, Super Palpatine, um, maybe... Right. I, 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 there's debate as to whether Super Palpatine is the most powerful of all the Palpatines, um, or whether or not he was just more powerful than um, Crane Palpatine. All right, your number five. Uh, my number five comes from uh, a couple of minutes after Crane Palpatine and Super Palpatine, uh, and that would be the blade of uh, not Ray from Nowhere, but Ray Skywalker. Nice. And that would be the gold uh, lightsaber introduced at the very end of the Rise of Skywalker. Now, I absolutely have been waiting for a friggin' yellow lightsaber forever. I, it's just, it seemed so obvious. Wait a minute, there's like, you don't even have all the primary colors. We have red, we have blue, we go to green. Oh, so Luke's was it was it was gonna be blue, but that didn't work, and so there was yellow in some of the toys earlier on, but it just ended up being green because that was the best one that came up against the the Tunisian sky. Okay, but we're never gonna get yellow again. George decides at that point. No, Jedi, they just get 
uh, they just get uh, blue and, and green. And then he decided to get really stubborn about that um, for really not a great reason. The Jedi Temple Guards were then expanded to Bond to be allowed to have yellow. And then it was kind of seen as something that was um, maybe the Jedi going a little bit too far into their dogmatic view. But there's really no good reason as to why a yellow lightsaber didn't come. Um, the sequel trilogy does a really shitty job with um, lightsaber scarcity. Yes. But with that said, it does a really good job on the use of the lightsabers that are in it. And this lightsaber, unfortunately, is not used. And uh, debatably shouldn't have made my list because it's just not used. We don't have, we just, we just get it see ignited and it's really not fair. And really, um, why would she ignite it if not to show it to us, the audience? Exactly. Right. And so it is, it, it, it frustrates me. But with that aside, um, seeing it in its capability, seeing the badass ignition switch yep, yep. that is so cool, seeing that it is exactly the lightsaber that it, we all expected it to be, that as soon as I saw the very first picture of Ray, the very first thing I thought of was the top of that staff looks awful lot like a lightsaber. It's the very first picture you see of her with the lightsaber with the staff right next to her face. It's like, oh, that is a lightsaber on the top. And what does she do eventually with it? She makes it into a lightsaber. It was really satisfying in that regard. It is scrappy. Well, what is she? She's a, she's a junker. Uh, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. It's really fitting with the character. Uh, it's got a cloth grip on it, which is interesting, oh, but I it's like made that. of a, it's a, like a, got a black, uh, kind of like the metal is very dark. Uh, and so she does obviously have a rough past and it's got, when she ignites it, spikes kind of come out at the top as well, oh. which is, a, it, it is, it's not a very, uh, light side usury look, but at the same time. It doesn't matter because the blade is gold and it's to mean hope and it's it's so ray. It's a ray of light. It's so symbolic of the character. Uh, it, it fits. It shows a new beginning. It shows an evolution of the Jedi that ultimately by Star Wars holding off for so long, especially in the movies, it actually really is is such a perfect ending for that final scene by making it something totally fresh and new, which is what we've experienced throughout all of Star Wars, is this, oh, fresh new surprise, and we just get one more at the end, which is just really nice. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's very fitting for the character. It's disappointing that it's not a double-bladed lightsaber because I think that's just appropriate for Rey. Yep. I just think it's appropriate. I think it fits. I think it, it mirrors Maul extremely well, but at the same time, it mirrors her because she is almost so defensive she's offensive and it could kind of work maybe episode 10 um yeah but it's it's something that it i i just i love the color um i love what it means for the kind of the the new beginnings but the continuation of the saga even if we, we don't get episode 10 for a very very long time um but my god i was just so happy to see the the color and, and the switch is also so creative something that we've just never seen before that uh that dial design and is so insanely practical seeming um and would fit in with the way that uh other kind of lightsaber adjustment knobs are used it is terribly cool and i i maybe didn't give it enough consideration because it is i mean it is so fucking cool um but i guess just because it feels very 
very much like we've yet to see what it can do. I don't really feel exercised in its, in its influence. And even given mm. a little bit more time uh, away from uh, Rise of Skywalker, perhaps I'll I'll come to appreciate it a little bit differently. I'm still kind of mm-hmm. hung up on what you said a second ago. You called her a ray of hope. Like I, I, I that feels so on the nose, and it's it's surely deliberate. But it's kind of never occurred to me that they actually went there and named her Ray with probably that in mind from the get go. Um, you know, if if uh, if Star Wars was a Hallmark movie, her name would have been Hope. And uh, it's probably, it's probably, <laughs> thank God, probably for the best they didn't do that. No, it's I mean, it's a ridiculously cool lightsaber. We've seen her battle with a lightsaber and not just any lightsaber. You yeah. Know? So um, it's it's not like we were robbed of that. Um, but we we were robbed of seeing the yellow one in combat or in some kind of um, uh, utility. So really quickly, um, the, especially the, seeing as she doesn't need need to use the graphics in the Rise of Skywalker. Right. Presumably, she, it, she has it, one. It, like it, it breaks. Yeah, and then she builds it by the end. Yeah, she could have fixed it and buried. She could have fixed it for that final scene and buried it with the Leia saber, and then used the new one in this movie. But JJ wanted blue on fucking everything. Yeah, the blue hue everywhere. Yeah. And if he couldn't have two blue lightsabers in that final scene, it wouldn't have worked for it wasn't him. Wasn't necessarily JJ the the movie the whole uh, trilogy. That's was JJ really style, fixated though. on color. Although actually, it was it was heavily utilized in with the red in um, Last Jedi, and so I don't know. It, it's JJ's style to do like such like colory and like lens flare and such, um, but at the same time, it wasn't done so much that way in um, Force Awakens. So. I mean, interestingly, the initial conceit for these lightsabers, I think there's like a there's an original Star Wars trailer where Vader has a blue lightsaber. It hadn't necessarily been worked out to be so. Um, systematic as it turned out to be if you have a red that means you're bad if you have a blue that means you're good and and then so the story goes they only ever gave luke a green lightsaber in return of the jedi um because they were concerned people would be confused because the blue lightsaber had been lost that is debunked. It, it, the reason is the tunisian sky okay all right i mean i i've always been a, a fan of the green lightsaber but um yeah and then i think we got a little carried away with like Knights of the Old Republic video games and it's just like, well, every color that exists under the sun can be your lightsaber and it doesn't mean anything. Just like, what color do you like? Unless you're bad, then it's red. And it's just like, maybe it should be a little bit more careful than that, but Rey is special. And and so it's nice that she doesn't, it's also nice that she doesn't fall into the the binary uh, system of a good guy lightsaber, bad guy lightsaber. Let's try something new. Also something I just thought of, and I don't know why I didn't think of this before now, but Jeddah's gone. Starkiller base, i.e. Ilum, is gone. Where the hell did she get her kyber crystal? And wherever the hell she got it, it's yellow. And so it, it, maybe it would be interesting if because the Jedi were going to these same places for so long that the naturally most frequently found crystals on said planets were blue and, and green. But... Yeah. The ancient Jedi texts maybe led her somewhere, or maybe when she was back on Octo, it like in that cave underground, she found 
the kyber crystal or something and it was there it was a different color in that regard but uh the jedi's journey to finding their kyber crystal is always kind of interesting so it'd be interesting to see where uh where she found hers by that by that uh logic it would be so interesting if in episode 10 she's like started to rebuild the jedi and they all have yellow lightsabers and teal lightsabers and orange that'd be amazing that'd be so weird yeah It'd be cool though. Yeah, it would. I've always, I've yeah. always, uh, teal has always been my favorite. Yeah. Um, my favorite color lightsaber is without a doubt, um, when Luke is, uh, facing the probe droid, the training droid. Oh, yeah. Inside the Falcon. Yeah. So that scene, it is teal. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of teal also when he's very first trying it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, Graflex is for blue um but i just think that is the that is a, the coolest color a lightsaber can be uh i just think it's that really nice blend between the two so i'd love to see that return all right well i mentioned uh i like um a glitzy lightsaber uh from sheath palpatine that's why my number four is mace windu's lightsaber it is i mean come on we gotta talk about it i, I said recently Absolutely. i said recently that i actually kind of think mace windu is a largely unidentified asshole in star wars and arguably an overrated character at least in the future films there's truly more to know uh but there is an intrinsic coolness to samuel l jackson that nobody will Hell deny yeah. and uh it would be very noticeable kind of similarly to if we didn't give yoda a green lightsaber it would be very noticeable as a vacancy in the character if he was just given some uninteresting ordinary blue lightsaber um, he was. or uh, I, I know he was and that was clearly wrong to him and in hindsight we can see that it was wrong it would also be noticeable if he wasn't given a a really cool slick lightsaber hilt um mm-hmm. it it does look like a sports car gold accents curvaceous edges um of course the cinematically unique purple blade I mean, that can be given whatever kind of canonical Jedi backstory you want, what a purple lightsaber apparently means. You know it's just because Sam's a bad motherfucker. And the legendary mm-hmm. engraving it on, literally on the says hilt that on it. says he's one um, by his own request. Um, I, I mean, it's just a very stylish prop in a film, and I would so love uh, to see it again somehow. I don't know how that would be, but, I mean, look at it. It's It looks like, I don't know. It's I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to be like, politically correct in how i describe it but it's it's a pimp cane <laughs> it's, it's amazing. so damn awesome it really <laughs> is uh and i'm just gonna do the quick reference to the graham norton episode with him and sandra bullock uh, and graham norton brings out a prop of uh this this samuel jackson's mace windu lightsaber and mace windu says here give it to me it'll be worth it. <laughs> and then sandra bullock says oh my god that is so cool my son would think that is the coolest and he said well, it's his. <laughs> no way. And so, and so and Graham's like, okay, sure. But it's just like, he thinks that like, he thinks that role was so fucking cool. It is. And if you ask him what his favorite role is, every single time you ask him, uh, it makes his top three. And Odin, he really loved being a Jedi and being such a bad motherfucker. And the fact that he wanted to have something that was identifiable and cool and had its own story behind it. And the fact that he still wants to come back and create a story in a way that he could have survived because he wants to continue the character on. Like I have just such an appreciation for that. And this lightsaber just shows a level of investment uh, and a reciprocity from George Lucas as well, thanking like, yeah, this is Sam Jackson. He is playing a minor character. And this is pretty damn cool. And he's doing a badass job. And he is supposed to be like the second to Yoda. 
He's making a good argument here. Okay, you can have purple. Ah, good enough. And I mean, like, it was so cool to see the purple. Mm -hmm. It was so damn cool in Attack of the Clones uh, to get that. It was like there's some major fan service there. And when you think about, like, the trailers and first time seeing Attack of the Clones, the amount of, like, just inundated stuff you that, that was that came along with that but i mean this party's over and him like decapitating Django fat and then the fight with city is now it is such a cool lightsaber the purple is so unique and it stands out in that geonosis arena exactly like you wanted i mean imagine what kind of an ego boost that would give you to like have the only lightsaber that is anything like that to be to have the honor of being that unique in your mm. in your lightsaberdom and like we have often said like all you have to do as an actor is show reverence for star wars and you're in our good books and mm. obvi- obviously he has that look i mean we're not saying anything new to be like hey sam jackson is cool um, <laughs> yeah you're right he's the coolest but uh the lightsaber itself it's like i i, I get that a, a jedi's lightsaber should have a certain amount of humility to it this one kind of doesn't. It's very nope. flashy. Um, it's very showy. But whatever, man. It works and it looks dope. Yep, absolutely. Um, I think canonically he built it later in his Jedi career okay. as kind of like a trophy to himself um, <laughs> for all the good work he had done. Right. Yeah. Uh, which is which is that, which funny. is the same as buying a Ferrari in your fifties. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so that's a, that is a that is a funny kind of way of looking at it. But it uh, it it's a. It's that's right there. That's a weapon that uh, is a story, an interesting story for another time, for sure, as well. And that we could, uh, and there's rumors, wild, wild, wild rumors. If I'm going to dip into that a little bit early, um, not like not trustworthy rumors, but still rumors um, that in development uh, or consideration uh, that they're chatting with Sam Jackson about doing him, and then a young Mace Windu sort of like maybe TV show sort of thing, like Michael B. Jordan or something. Who knows? But like, where it would would be multiple timelines, sort of thing. Like, primarily young Mace Windu, but still keep Sam Jackson in it, which is like obviously the way you would go about it. Yeah, I think that'd be awesome. And I, I mean, yeah, be cool. Sam's in his seventies; he looks amazing for his age. Could, well, could we just he... the Captain Marvel thing is proof that yeah, there's so many things you can do. That's true. That's true. I, I mean, you don't want to like you can't make him super action packed. But you can uh, make him real young, and if you make like the character like nineteen year old Mace Windu, then you can do literally any age Mace Windu. Yeah, because all you got to do is just age him back if you need to do a ten year flash forward, um, and just decide, okay, well we'll use Sam Jackson and this guy, and we'll merge the two to make our guy. All right, I want to know your number four, your fourth favorite lightsaber. Uh, this would be the number that uh, that you wouldn't know. This would be uh, this is the lightsaber of Kanan Jarrus. So this okay. is uh, Freddie Prince Jr.'s character uh, in Star Wars Rebels. I'm going to recommend do a little quick Google search on your end. Uh, but this lightsaber, uh, like all of Star Wars Rebels, uh, is an homage to the original Ralph McQuarrie art. Um, do you looking it up? Looking for spelling? Uh, no, I can't get it. I'm having a lot of Wi-Fi problems, and I apologize okay, to the listeners. Enough. You've clipped out a couple of times. That's the fault of my terrible Wi-Fi. Okay, yeah, no worries. Uh, but anyway, so similarly to a lot of uh, Ralph, the Rebel, the rest of Rebels, uh, it's an homage to Ralph McQuarrie's kind of original art, and that the lightsaber itself looks a little like a flashlight. Uh, it looks a little bit like um, the the Graflex. Uh, it is this classic, standard, just very um, simple cylinder 
with uh, a with a kind of a semicircle flange, similar to the way it is with the with the Graflex, um, but also uh, a disc uh, kind of bisecting the uh, the hilt of the lightsaber, not in the dead center, but closer to uh, the emitter. Uh, and that similar to the way a katana would be uh, to show your ability to similar to the way a cross guard, but being so, so um, perfectly round as opposed to just a, um, a, a broadsword style. And so it's just a really clean, classic design. It has grips on the side, uh, but that are very uh, toned down and look much easier and more comfortable than the Graflex. Um, and interestingly, Right below the disc uh, that kind of bisects and where your hand would be prevented from ever riding up the, the hilt, it actually unscrews. So Kanan is the hidden Jedi. Kanan is a Padawan who has to go into hiding, and he spends um, th the remainder of his life, he spends 16 years in complete hiding before he joins up with the Rebellion. Um, and he has a lightsaber in that entire time, but he actually disassembles it and rebuilds it in a way that allows him to, to be carried in two parts oh, wow. so that the lightsaber on him is never a lightsaber. Cool. It disassembles. So he has, uh, I think he refers to it as a battery pack. I don't remember what he refers to it as, but somebody like in one of the books, somebody asks him what it is and he's able to very simply say it's something that it isn't because the other half of the lightsaber is on him somewhere else hidden. And the fact that he's able to quickly have that on his hilt and the fact that he can just quickly like connect the two and then it's good to go. That's so creative. And it it's is. a flashback to that old design. It's a use case that fits in with the character. Um, but then also, um, Kanan wears it on his hip later in the show, just as it is. As he proudly becomes a Jedi and becomes more confident and becomes part of the rebellion uh, and becomes a, a Jedi Knight and a Jedi Master in that regard. Uh, and Kanan is a phenomenal character and one of my favorite, a top 10 character in Star Wars and, I, and a very underrated character. Um, but his lightsaber, it, it's, it's just such a, uh, a clean and classic look and it really blends kind of that, that old school, new school, but with that nice twist uh, and it's representative of the character. Um, but it's one that uh, it just has, it kind of has that similar look to Yoda as well. And so it's always been one that, uh, from a personal perspective, I really like and think would be comfortable um, and just like the style of. I really can't say a whole lot about it story-wise, but I'm looking at a picture right now. And it's, I mean, it is incredibly cool. You described it very well. I love the disc that, I mean, it really kind of gives it uh, a complete sword aesthetic, yeah. which is something we we scarcely see. Like I, I think they maybe went a step too far in the creating of Kylo Ren's lightsaber to have have these like side blades, which I mean, it's, it's cool in a way, but like you're really going for a certain kind of sword classic medieval aesthetic where I think this kind of accomplishes that in a subtler way. The disc, I mean, I never could mm -hmm. have known about the, the disassembly, the disassembly factor of it. That's, that's so cool. Um, amazing to me how much, how much work went into designing this lightsaber, which was initially just for an animated character. And I mm -hmm. know that they didn't slouch in the making of those, those shows at all but uh i'm looking at it right now it's been built by somebody out of like actual uh materials and i mean looks awesome that's all yeah, i can say no. you're right looks awesome yeah it's pretty cool design yep yep okay uh, it's my, blue also as well i guess i should have asked that it's i see we're really hung up on like the the little details of the hilt no but it's, that's one of those things that i think at the same time if you don't mention 
it's blue. <laughs> I think so too. And I think for uh, partly I, uh, in general, I like all blue lightsabers a little bit less because they're blue and it's like, because they're just, they're more common. Yeah. yeah I agree. It's just something, it's just a gray Honda civic. Uh, the lightsaber yeah. itself might be more than that, but like, Oh, it's blue, you know? And I also do have a, 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 a more, a better appreciation if it's a scene where it looks like a lighter blue too. Sure. Yeah, that's it, a little it, different. It, it, it feels a little bit more like, and, and sometimes it's just the lighting of the scene or the way that the, the visual effects are or even the screen you're watching it on sometimes. Well, and you mentioned before, um, certainly it just the, looks a little the graphics better, has had varying blues, different tones. Oh, sure. varying, very varying. Yeah. All right, we got to pick up the pace here because we are running long. Uh, not a blue one for my number three. Nope, it's a green one. It's Qui-Gon Jinn's lightsaber. Did you know I like Qui-Gon Jinn? Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> genuinely, there's like a part of me who wanted to wanted to put this lightsaber in my number one spot. There's a part of me that I, does like it best. There, I, I, there was two lightsabers, and I thought there was a fifty percent chance it was this, or fifty percent, fifty percent chance it was another one. Um, but yeah, I think if I had a lightsaber as a Jedi, I mean, not realistically, just a, like a plain piece of metal that I turn on with the Force. I think if I was going to like pick one of these lightsabers that we're discussing yeah. today to be mine, it would be this one. It. It's unencumbered by add-ons. It's it's generous in in grip. Uh, Kanan would get that for mine then, I guess. If I have to pick one of them to have as my own, I would pick Kanan's. Texturally, Qui-Gon's, uh, it looks very stylish, but also minimal. It's not flashy, unlike Mace Windu's. Uh, it's one of very few hilts, so predominantly black, which I find strange. Like It's almost entirely black, which you think would be very normal. It's actually mm. not. Um, it's hard not to pair this lightsaber with its spiritual brother, which is Obi-Wan Kenobi's original lightsaber in The Phantom Menace. But mm. I mean, Qui-Gon's is just so much cooler. <laughs> it's like, they're very like similar, but like Qui-Gon's has got less bizarre stuff. I'm it's only, wiser. It, exactly. It's simpler. It's I, yeah. I, it's at, more at peace than the other one. Uh, I'm a little disappointed to have learned recently that all of the black is not rubber. I actually mm. always believed, and I still think it should be, yeah, largely like a like a hard rubber, yeah, like something from the friggin' gym. Like, yep, I agree. You're holding onto it with your hands in battle. There needs just, to be a lot of that. As That's why I like Kanan's and Yoda's. But optically, I think uh, Qui Gon's lightsaber, uh, the look of it, kind of scratches that itch for me anyway. Oh yeah, totally. and I'm, as I mentioned, I'm partial to a green blades, lights, green blade over a blue. I don't have a lot of sophisticated opinions about this lightsaber. A, I just know I love it. It's a very grooved lightsaber too. Like the grooves for the grip are deep yep. compared to like most other lightsabers. Uh, it's also uh, it's got kind of a of a flattened edge a little bit on it. Uh, it's the one that uh, both uh, Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor practiced with at the start. Uh, Liam Neeson got to pick his lightsaber first, and uh, he picked that one. Hmm. Um, and uh, Ewan McGregor picked his other one after. Um, although. Yeah, I think he could have also had maybe the same one as Liam Neeson's if he wanted. He was given that option, I think, in a chest as well. But then when you look at all the other ones from like the the Phantom Menace, they're all really, 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 really ugly and boring. Yeah. But there's something just noble and uh, classic about Qui Gon's. Um, and yeah, there's not. I, I have to say, I love the, the just the simple red button for the ignition. Me too. I think that's I think that's much cleaner than a lot of them. I like the way that uh, Yoda and Kanan have. Uh, a flat kind of activation switch, but like I hate the big fat activation box that's on Luke's, Obi-Wan's, Vader's, uh, the Graflex. That thing is just so... Anakin's uh, Attack of the Clones lightsaber, it's like a fucking hockey puck on the side of the lightsaber. It's just so in the way. <laughs> it's a lot, it would, like, yeah. it would look like it would cut your hand off. 
Um, but it's like the clean red button. It's just that moment of Qui-Gon igniting it, ready to face Maul. Now it's a great saber. It's great. And you know, we had all these lightsaber toys when we were kids. Uh, we made our own out of broom handles, as you mentioned, but like we had the toys from the store and, mm. um, for a lot of years, they were uh, built so that you yeah. couldn't you couldn't uh, collapse them entirely. They would only collapse mm -hmm. halfway, and so even like if I like poked my lightsaber into the house or into someone's stomach gently or something, it would go half the way, but like then it would still have slightly a green blade mm -hmm. sticking out of it. But my Qui Gon lightsaber, which was made out of a cheaper, thinner plastic could be collapsed entirely into the hilt, which actually made the hilt incredibly fat and not realistic to its size at all. But it was so cool that the blade that was you way could, worse. The blade was way worse. Yeah, it was not yeah. nearly as nice of a material, but it was so cool that you could actually collapse it and have just like the lightsaber handle because even as kids, we were oh, fascinated yeah. just with the gadgetry of it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I would still love to be able to have a collapsible uh, adult prop lightsaber. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I have... I have my expensive toys. I would like love to get the one that could friggin' collapse and really like get that tape measure feel and like go back right in. Oh, right. that'd be cool. That's coming someday. At some point, I'm sure it is. Okay, uh, you're number three. My number three uh, is uh, one we just kind of mentioned very briefly, uh, and that would be uh, the Kylo Ren lightsaber, the crossguard. Okay. Uh, it is just, it's got so many interesting things about it. It's so raw. It's angry looking. Yeah. Uh, the vents on the side literally have um, discolored the metal um, right where it is because the vents are so crude and the way that the the crystal not the the best part about this lightsaber is that it's his original lightsaber. It is Ben Solo's lightsaber. Okay. The 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 lightsaber itself has been anodized black and red. Been basically the the metal has been changed. Probably could have been done using the force. Who knows? It was rewired after he bled the crystal and cracked it in the process. Uh, I.e., Kylo wanted to become a Sith, but he wasn't able to fully commit to the dark side. And so when he tried to turn his lightsaber red, he failed and broke his Jedi lightsaber crystal. He broke yeah. his Kyber crystal, and that's why the saber is so shaky and unstable which is so representative of the shaky and unstable Kylo Ren. Uh, and then when he puts it back in the lightsaber, it blows the lightsaber up, and he's got to like, put in these vents that ultimately turn it into this crude cross guard, mm -hmm. which then also has great use case as he cuts uh, Finn with it in The Force Awakens. Uh, it does have a very small um, part of the cross guard that does put... Uh, a hand guard for it so that he do, he wouldn't right away cut his hands on it. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's so cool the way that we were introduced to that, the fact that you were still able to reinvent the lightsaber. Double-bladed lightsaber? No, no, no. Triple-bladed lightsaber. Yeah, that's true. But not how you thought. And not in a way that everybody was like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? Yes, everybody did the meme where it was like a – like a menorah that came out of Kylo Ren's lightsaber <laughs> hilt and a bunch of other crazy things. But that was just because it was so damn cool. Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that we're able to see later that it was Ben Solo's lightsaber that is um, just completely bastardized, just like what he's done to himself. Um, and then the fact that he throws it away as well and that he finally gets rid of it. Uh, and it is the representation of the journey that he's had thus far. Um, but the state that it's in is broken beyond repair, whereas he's not. 
uh, and he's able to completely just get rid of it and move on uh, and adopt his mother's legacy from that point forward. Um, I just think the lightsaber is so representative of the character. Uh, I think it takes what Darth Maul does and brings it up a whole nother level. Um, and I think uh, it also adds to the fact that it is more badass and the first unstable lightsaber blade we've ever seen. Uh, it just brings in so many cool things. It's so fitting for the character. And Kylo Ren is uh, the best character we've had since Han Solo or oh, yeah. Yoda. Oh, in in, uh, in an imperfect trilogy, he is one of the most perfect, perfect entities yeah. in all of Star Wars. And it's so refreshing that they were able to come up with something so fresh and uh, exhilarating about lightsabers for Kylo <clears throat> Ren's character. Kind of stopped there in terms of lightsabers in, in the sequel trilogy, as we mentioned. Unfortunately. Unfortunately and then we decided back. to pick it back up with like a couple seconds of Dark Ray and then a couple seconds of Gold Ray. Right, yeah. It was so so brief, but clearly JJ or whomever had the imagination to be creative with lightsabers mm. and maybe not all of the follow-through, except uh, don't get me wrong, what I said before, I, I was criticizing the the cross uh the cross guards i mean obviously they look cool and they they give kylo a menace that is unmatched but not purely practical and that's that's really the only thing i want to challenge yeah. you on is like isn't there like a tremendous uh setback uh, a risk in holding something like that in particular if you're not kylo ren with like his size and his menace and the, and his lack of challenge you know what i mean uh, i I think there's a few things. Um, the way he fights is broad, mm -hmm. uh, and he's also a huge man, yep. Adam Driver. Yep. Uh, so that's beneficial. It gives him the ability to swing wide. Uh, and the fact that the way he holds the lightsaber, it, it generally keeps those side blades out of the way. Uh, and when you think about it, though, think of most lightsabers and how easy it would be for it, if your hand is a little bit wet, to just slide down and you'd lose your entire hand. Yep. Worst case scenario is that his would slide down a little bit and it would go to the like cross guard section, but it wouldn't like he might singe the edge of his hand, but that's all he's doing is mm -hmm. going to singe the edge of his hand. But he also 100% of the time wears these giant fucking gloves too. And so he's got a pretty good firm grip on the, on the part that he has there. Um, and it allows him to at literally at the start of the movie, he like, he picks up a guy like a fork with his lightsaber. Yeah. yeah he like right. he has it on the side and he's just like, hey, friggin' guy from Mustafar, I'm just going to body slam you by like just skewering you with both the, the front and side of my lightsaber. Also, when he's briefly... Uh, and then also burns Finn. I was going to say, when he's briefly dueling with Finn, he was really giving him the gears and he's able to use that side uh, guard as like a way to kind of intimidate Finn a little bit further and physically. He does it with Rey too on the Death Star. I just... I think he just, I think maybe she has to rearrange her position or something. I don't remember, but I think I remember him trying to do the same thing to her on the Death Star by trying to turn the, the thing, but she had to reposition. I can't, I can't remember though. I think we had tried to uh, envision what a three-bladed lightsaber or a four-bladed lightsaber might look like imaginatively, and we didn't, we didn't come up with something so elegant as this. We're like, well, maybe we do it like a, like Triton's, uh, like, big fork yeah. or 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 maybe it's like uh 
a double bladed lightsaber one comes out in the perpendicular direction in the middle and it's completely unholdable <laughs> like we, <laughs> and uh this this is the way to do it if it's i mean yeah I, I don't know that i've ever heard it referred to as a triple bladed lightsaber but it is technically that they're not really yeah. blades as as no. they are uh just like exhaust vents essentially but that yeah. is what they are that yeah. it, it is there is an older style like jedi did have styles where there was small blades on the side uh and it was that was that was the design of it um but in kylo's case it was um chosen out of practicality in retrospect like oh i can use this design because i broke my crystal and that i have to do something different it'd be kind of cool if there's like some old republic movie down the road where it's literally medieval and also has the technical technology of a crude star wars ezra finds one in a tomb in an episode of rebels oh great okay Very yeah cool. and it's short it's short circuits he turns it on and then it's, 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 like it's kind of cool like a dumb question but what powers a lightsaber they're not like lithium-ion batteries the kyber crystal so it is an energy force itself of course it is yes yeah yeah it's because like the death star in that regard right of course yeah dumb question no, right. not really, because under that circumstance, like you could think of it as just like powering the blade, not, but you know, it powers the whole damn thing. Look, I think this next one, my number two, might be a bit of a polarizing selection. It's Count Dooku's lightsaber. No, not polarizing, but interesting. I took a lot of years to warm up to this lightsaber. I think I used to... Well, I, I, I used to think that it was like a, contriv a contrivedly unique design, like they were trying too hard to jazz up this poorly handled, largely uninteresting character. And I still kind of think those things about Count Dooku, for the most part, I have done a total flip on on the weapon he wields. Um, this scimitar-like arc in the hilt, it's it's very cool that it's not... It is. It's not like a straight cylinder. It gives like you a... like the switch on the bottom, the light switch style. In general, just the, the shape of it, the ergonomics of it, give me a great desire to want to hold it and judge for myself whether or not it would give a person a different kind of combative disposition. I mean, in his defense, uh, it does. Dooku does stand differently. He has a really cool battle stance because of what his his lightsaber is. And in the details, if you look at it closely, you mentioned the switch. Uh, I, I adore the style. The, the blade's got another one of those uh, guards that reaches upward to kind of mm -hmm. like graze the blade itself. There's gold on it again. Like a it's, claw almost. I mean, he calls himself Count, so there's it's going to be a flashy lightsaber. Um, lots of rubber on it. We know that I like rubber. I'm <laughs> very into uh, like a lot of black and like it actually being something you can hold on to. Practicality. Um, I don't have a lot more to say about it. I just think it's cool as hell. And uh, it's kind of a shame it got wasted on Count Dooku. It is cool as hell, but when you think about the character of Count Dooku, it's very fitting. It's ornate. Uh, he was the best lightsaber duelist in the entire galaxy. We don't see that, um, though. Uh, we, we do and we don't. He destroys Anakin and Obi-Wan. Um, yeah, but he's played by a 75-year-old man, and so you're kind of having to suspend disbelief a little bit. A little bit, but he holds his own pretty damn well. Um, and in the fight versus Anakin, the only reason why Anakin wins is purely on strength. Anakin is, is tapping into the dark side. Uh, he's so goddamn strong. And Dooku also literally challenges him to tap into the dark side further. And then Sidious tells him to like kill him. Right. But it's, uh, the curve of the hilt allows for, I forget what form of fighting he did or whatever, but he was considered the best and it allowed him for specifically to 
just destroy people in duels in particular, which is not necessarily, like we mentioned before, a useful thing for a Jedi, which is what he was at the start. Right. And so the fact that he became a Sith and his kind of dueling prowess ultimately got to be used, it was very fitting. It fit to uh, um, kind of feeding into his ego by allowing him to be able to just make fools of these other people uh, by using his skill in that regard. Um, and because it was uh, so hooked in that way, and, and he, he needs to separate Anakin and Obi-Wan as best as he can because it's for one-on-one -on -one dueling. Uh, and so it, it, it's a really interesting and, and very uh, character-reflecting lightsaber. I think it's a really, really great choice. Yeah, no, I'm glad you feel that way because I, I, I seem to remember I maybe hated it for a time. And I don't feel that way at all. If I look at it now, I'm like, it's crazy to me that I ever hated it, but I still have a certain amount of resentment for the character. And maybe it's just another case of um, what could have been and, and, and what could potentially still be. Like, this is an mm. old-ass man. If we're going to go way back in time, you can show me young Count Dooku. I'm open to learning more. And I know there's, there's canon out there that can help me with that. Um, and it's nothing against Christopher Lee either, who, by the way, is a legend. Yeah, um, of course. But but uh, I, I just look at this thing, and again, it does look like the guy, and and, and it's I want to hold it. <laughs> I just mm -hmm. want it in my hands. It looks sick. Yeah. yeah, it looks it looks like you could fuck some shit up with it, <laughs> kind of, but also like not get any dirt on your clothes. Yes, absolutely, and that's that is Count Dooku. Exactly. Your number two, your second favorite lightsaber. Uh, my number two, um, I, uh, I, I feel comfortable knowing your number one now. Um, my number two is, uh, the most important lightsaber there is. Sure. My number two is the Graflex. My number two is the Skywalker legacy saber. Um, it is the only lightsaber that has ever been, uh, teal, uh, or turquoise, which is, uh, <laughs> There we go. It's my favorite color in that regard. It right. may only been for, for a couple of the scenes, but that works. Uh, it is the first lightsaber we see. It is the lightsaber in the snow. Yeah. Um, it is the lightsaber that Luke calls to him and saves his ass against the Wampa. It is the lightsaber that falls down the pit after Vader lops off his hand. Uh, it is the lightsaber that sends Rey on her journey. Uh, it is the lightsaber that Kylo is obsessed with getting back and literally will rip in half before he lets somebody else have. Uh, it is uh, the lightsaber that Anakin builds for himself uh, and Obi-Wan holds in a box for 20 years. Uh, it's a lightsaber that an Ugnaught finds in, a, in the junk heap on Cloud City and passes its way in Maz Kanata, puts in an overpriced bid on an auction because she thinks it'll come in handy someday and the Force tells her to. And so it's such a... It, there's the stories of this lightsaber are told in all of the movies and they're told in other side plots as well. This lightsaber is Excalibur. Yeah. This lightsaber is so damn cool. It looks so fucking uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, they, liter <laughs> it they literally, it's called the slim flex, which is the joking, um, uh, like version of it. They made for Hayden Christensen to use in revenge of the Sith so that it could be wieldly. You could actually hold it. Um, so that it wasn't this gigantic chunk. Yeah. Uh, and there's also some really, really poorly, um, in terms of from a, like a hardcore fan perspective, poorly done uh, promo shots of Daisy Ridley uh, in the sequel trilogy, where it's like, wow, you have a really shitty prop of the Graflex right there because they do an inverted Graflex, mm. uh, which is the way that they absolutely should do it. Uh, and it's smart in doing it. Um, 
for a lot of the the shots. And what I mean by an inverted graphlex would be a way more comfortable version uh, is that it's the the black is indents as opposed to um, protrusions, Interesting. the grips. Okay. And so it makes it just easy to hold. Um, and so it's just done with a little bit of like, effects in that Those regard. grips have always been very confusing to me. The the T-grips, uh, yeah, the they, they're chunky. They don't look that comfortable. Um, I've always kind of envisioned them, and I don't think they initially were, but I always thought that they were as a kid uh, cut up wiper blades. Kind um, of, yeah. I, I don't think they are. I think they've always been like a hard plastic of sorts. Um, but it, it is, it, it's the, it's the, it's the saber of the story. It's the story of this. It's, it's, it's everything. It's, there's not a whole lot more I can say. We all know everything there is to say about it. Um, but it is, it, every awesome character has used it. The fact that it's passed down from so many different movies. Um, and it is the only lightsaber that is kind of a turquoise teal. I mean, that's so funny that that's like your, that's, that's your biggest. I really love that. Yeah. I've always like, I always love turquoise teal yeah. and yellow. And so I was really, uh, I was really happy to get like a grand total of like 15 seconds of that in Star Wars. As much as we call it the Skywalker saga in a way, it's also like the Graflex saga and, and the Force Awakens yeah. really drove that home. They like really made a point of saying, by the way, this, and I love that this lightsaber is spiritually significant. Um, and we've often talked about R2-D2 as like, if, if it's possible for a droid to have the force, then R2 is the closest thing to that. Mm. And uh, Graflex is kind of like that too. And, and lightsabers a little bit more, easy to draw that connection because in a way they do have the force all lightsabers because they have this spiritual connection to their own Absol but, absolutely but the graflex seems to be a, a much more significant and 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 uh, impactful version of that and that it, it just has some kind of like sensibility to it some kind of some kind of uh, 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 draw towards the light towards the it good, has a calling the good side it has it has a calling and so that's a great choice of words, actually, because we've spent a lot of time this evening discussing the flash of a lightsaber and whether that means that you're vain or if it just means whatever you can pull it off or or if mm -hmm. it's sus suspicious or questionable. And we've talked a lot about aesthetics and and how that's not necessarily something you should be distracted by when selecting your um, your vessel. And mm. it's interesting that this unassuming frankly rather unattractive looking device is in fact mm -hmm. the most important uh of all which is literally raiders of the lost ark um yeah absolutely and, and it's kind of the but, same thing yeah and it's uh anakin who is a mechanic he's he's a junker at mm -hmm. the same time similar to ray yeah. and so it's fitting that that lightsaber would would call to her uh and not the the um the fallen prince of alderaan right who just desperately wants it the fallen prince of Alderaan. That's it. Yeah, he just wants it for his. That's for, what it for is. His ego. It's not even that yes. he wants to use it. He's just like, I want that out of the picture. Yeah, it's like I want grandfather's old weapon because uncle was a was a dick. Yes, uncle because uncle was a dick. Hey, and look. my my guess is uncle was a dick because he ignited something over him. Yeah, he did. He did ignite that thing. It's interesting. It appears that you and I are going to have completely different lists, which is yet to happen. I think, not one overlap. Did did I? Okay, what's your number one here? We we will not have any overlap. You're right. No, because I'm pretty sure I know what your answer is. To you. Your number one is too. But um, I think so too. I you, think it is. I think we both went with the same reason for our number one as well, to a degree. There's an underlying thing. I think we both sure did. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you're right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, my my favorite lightsaber ever is 
Luke Skywalker's green lightsaber from Return of the Jedi. Yeah. No, yeah, okay. you called that of like a couple weeks ago when we planned this yeah. podcast. I there's no other way around it. It's sort of my version of choosing the main title theme as my favorite Star Wars song. It's not the Graflex. I know we just like really sang the Graflex yeah. praise, and, and sure that is. But the, that's fair. But I mean, it's darn close. It's um, at least for a guy who wasn't born until after the original trilogy was complete, and so we had these like three lightsabers. Let's not include Ben Kenobi's fourth lightsaber, which is decidedly the fourth it, of those lightsabers in that trilogy. It's often referred to as the hero's blade. I love the green that. lightsaber. I love that. That's and it cool. really is. Uh, for for many years, this was like the third most recognizable lightsaber uh, of all of Star Wars with a bullet. Like it's probably not the case anymore. I like, would I would say, I would say two, and I would say still it's two. Maybe okay, all right, maybe. Um, yeah. For its entire lifespan, uh, having only appeared prominently in one film, yes, it has like a cameo in a couple of the sequel films, but it's it's really only a, like someone's lightsaber in in one movie, and it's uh, it's it's represented um, kind of the almighty alternative. Look, you can have this instead, uh, or perhaps the insinuation that a green lightsaber symbolizes some kind of newer, more enlightened, having grown version of a Jedi, uh, and for those reasons. Um, it was my favorite toy for a lot of years. I think that's probably what you're referring to a second ago. It was like, that was a lightsaber toy that I got for Christmas. It, it, it's got this like rugged industrial kind of look, but also it's very sophisticated and classy in its physique. Luke's mm. Green's my favorite lightsaber of all time. Hey, I think that's a great pick. Uh, my favorite thing about Luke's Green is the uh, the history behind it. Uh, just, can you hear Yoda through the mic? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. It's not probably not bad. Oh no, it's fine. He means he All means right. his pet rabbit for what it's worth. Okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, this is such a cool lightsaber. Uh, I love that it's green. And uh, as soon as I heard the theory, uh, I've stuck with it. I think that's Qui Gon's crystal in there that Obi Wan kept. I like uh, it. It's it's very clearly he designed it to look like Obi Wan's hilt. So Obi Wan left him instructions to design his own lightsaber. Uh, Luke was called back to Tatooine, back to Obi Wan's hut. The Force brought him there, and that's how he constructed it. We see him finishing the final touches while he's on Tatooine before he goes into Jabba's palace in a deleted scene. Yeah, because uh, Luke's is... not going crystal mining. That's not no. what Luke is doing. No, it just it seems so fitting that like he'd be brought back to his home planet, but right at that right time, um, the lightsaber's got copper on it, which I absolutely love. Love it. I, always, I, I think that is really cool. I mean, it's, it looks gold sometimes, depending on what toy it is. Um, but I always like the. It's a clean copper look. Um, it's just so cool the fact that it mirrors Obi Wan's uh, the green, the, the production of that. Uh, uh, one of the greatest moments in Star Wars when that thing is shot out of Yoda, uh, Yoda, uh, R2, uh, the top of his head. Yeah. That is a top five moment in Star Wars, period. It's awesome. Um, and it is, it, it's just so cool. And that's, that's what I think of when I, when I think of that lightsaber, that, and then it's most important use ever. Sorry, people. It's, it's, it was not Luke going up against the first order, igniting his green laser sword and like, fucking some shit up like people wanted it was when he threw it away and didn't use it against the emperor because mm -hmm. that was the whole goddamn point and that it is such a good lightsaber um not like i absolutely love it i knew i knew i didn't even i, I part of me didn't need to even talk about it or i i've i've, I've never loved the lightsaber 
Um, it, I, I love its, its use case and all, um, but I was, I was happy to be able to get to talk about it because I, I respect it so much, but it did, I knew it didn't make my list and it didn't really come that close. Yeah. Um, but no, it's just such a cool lightsaber. It's so important and uh, it holds such a place in what Star Wars is. I mean, it's one of the first four lightsabers there is um, and one of the, the only four that existed for a very, very long time. Yeah, it just it just means a lot. I, I don't I, I I might be running out of adjectives as we've been recording here for uh, an hour and fifteen already. Yeah, um, but uh, I mean, look, it's 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 the greatest, and, and it's interesting, isn't it, that my uh, my list six through two were all prequel lightsabers, and and part of that is because you, you know we recently did a top six best things about the Phantom Menace. If we were to do top six best things about the prequels, one of them would have to be lightsabers. Lightsabers are they're just so prominent and that's that's such a joy to get to see we've mentioned a couple mm. of times this evening that the sequel trilogy is lacking in lightsaber immersion it's understandable that the original trilogy is lacking in lightsaber immersion because it makes sense with the story but um this this is obviously the exception it's i mean you see star wars when you're a little kid and you remember very mm-hmm. early on which one matters to you most and for me it's luke's green so i want to know your yeah. favorite lightsaber although i have a suspicion <laughs> he reaches Damn, for something. So batteries he crap. reaches for yeah. his lightsaber. <laughs> no, it is. That's what uh, I thought. For the same reason as you, it is Darth Vader's. Yeah. Uh, Darth Vader, uh, the lightsaber toy I had as a kid. Um, it, for every reason, I love the Graflex. Um, uh, not obviously the one, the, the elements of the sequel trilogy, um, but it's it's just it's so cool. Uh, in its design, but I absolutely love it for also its connection to the prequels as well. Uh, it is the same, very, 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 very similar to Anakin's first design. Uh, it's a slight modification to his second design, um, but it's it's just a brick. Mm. It's this blunt, just forceful weapon. Anakin will use it one or two-handed, but Vader uses it one-handed and just chops people down with it. It is, uh, it's this powerful weapon. It's got a great, I love the emitter. I love the emitter, the fact that it's got that slanted emitter, but it's also got this kind of like black cup over top of it to provide you with that kind of that, um, a bit, a bit better of a grip. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's trisected, uh, in kind of the way that it's got like this, this base of the grip. It's got a band in the middle for the, uh, emitter box, the, um, ignition box. Uh, and then it's got the, the kind of cupped band at the top with the emitter. And it's just, it looks so equal and satisfying to the eye. Uh, it's different in all of the original trilogies. It's, it's, I'm, I'm referring to um, Empire to Hope uh, Vader's design. Uh, it, there's actually a pretty significant difference between it and uh, Return of the Jedi. Um, it's just a, a sloppier prop in Return of the Jedi. Right. Um, but it's I absolutely love this design. Uh, it's got that Graflex flair, but at the same time, it represents Anakin's turn. Um, it's yeah, it's it's so cool. It's it's Anakin starting anew as this character Vader, but mostly it's just because it was the one I had as a kid. And uh, really, when you merge Yoda's design and Kanan's design, you get uh, Vader's design just uh, 
less chunky one that's, you know, wieldly for someone who's not a cyborg would be comfy in the hands. It does have a bit of a, a Yoda aesthetic to it, but it also bears some resemblance to the Graflex, obviously. Absolutely. Well, that's what I'm saying in the yeah. sense that Anakin's mirrored a lot of his design there. I think it's a really subtle thing that uh, is really nice in that um, in the first movie, Anakin's lightsaber, Anakin's lightsaber handed down to Luke looks like Vader's, but it doesn't look like Obi-Wan's. Right. Vader was not Anakin at that point. Interesting. But eventually that mirror lines up so perfectly. And it's a wonderful accident that the foreshadowing of, well, Luke's lightsaber looks a hell of a lot more like that Darksiders than it does uh, Obi-Wan's. And so the fact that, well, because the same guy made it, this is just, that was his, his Jedi one. And this is the, the one he made with <laughs> bad. Um, right, it, and, it's really, really fitting. And Luke choosing to build the lightsaber that I just discussed, the green one, was him definitively choosing. I want to be like my master, not like this guy who says he's my dad. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly like that. Yeah. And even to the point of like not even fully knowing it to be the truth. I mean, deep down knowing it to be true, but needing to go to see Yoda and Obi Wan to confirm it because it's just not what he wants to hear. Um, but I it just everything about the lightsaber um, and vader it's just it, when i think of Yo my Yo love for yoda i don't think of my love for yoda wielding a lightsaber mm. but when i think of vader i sure as shit do um whether it's cloud city whether it's return of the jedi uh and most recently but the one that got me to buy the the fancy uh vader prop uh as soon as i got home rogue one literally literally the night of rogue one yeah i was i wasn't I wasn't going to, I already had, I'd made my purchase after the force awakens. I bought myself uh, a fancy prop and at the night of rogue one, I bought the, I bought a Vader mock of one. Cause I just was like, that was the coolest, most satisfying thing I have seen since I was three. I rewatched <laughs> it recently and it just, it's, it looks unbelievable. It's so cool. Okay. Listen, yeah. we want you I to tell us to say on the rogue one element there some people don't realize this um i didn't realize it for a long time and i felt even sillier for not um vader is holding that door shut the entire time the door isn't, isn't jammed awesome it's just got like another what? preoccupation yeah exactly <laughs> it's the door jammed it's not jammed at all vader's holding it shut on them. it's so cool it's so amazing it's such a badass scene we want you to tell us what your uh six favorite lightsabers are um and maybe this will help. You have a couple more honorable mentions you want to toss out there. I uh, urge you to be as quick as possible. Yes. Uh, 12 on my list was, was Darth Maul. 11 was Mace Windu. Yep. Um, number 10 was the Darksaber. I, That's I a pretty cool I wondered if you would say the Darksaber tonight. Yeah. Yeah, the Darksaber didn't quite make my list. I'm not a huge Mando head. A lot of people, Mandalorians is one of their favorite things in Star Wars. Mandalorians are very cool, and I'm becoming a bigger Mandalorian fan because I love the show The Mandalorian. Right. Um, but like, it's of the the lore elements, it's not my most favorite. It does have a really cool lore, and I love the fact that they were able to still make it seem like a lightsaber, even though, it's like, literally the the grip, is, the the hilt is shaped like a brick. It's yeah. it's rectangular. Uh, it's got a, a thin black blade. It makes a slightly different sound than other lightsabers. It's very unique, but somehow manages to pull it off. Uh, and we're only going to get more information about it coming up. And that's really exciting. Maul wielded it, though. Uh, it's got such a cool history. 
Um, there's not a whole lot more I can say. Uh, I think we are going to get more black lightsabers in the High Republic era. Yeah. But I would be surprised if we got another black lightsaber that was also shaped like a, like a butcher's blade, which that one kind of is, which is really cool. Yeah, it's very, very cool. I'm, I'm excited to learn more about it, too, because I know essentially nothing. But obviously it was teased at the end of Mandalorian and can't wait to see more dark saber. Mm. Uh, number nine would be Ezra uh, Bridger's first lightsaber. Uh, and this one's really cool because similar to the way uh, like a like a sword handle would be, it's got uh, it's it's shaped like a D, the letter D, whoa, um, completely. Um, and so it's got a, a handle part, but it's got a full wrap around as well. And you can he's got a button right on it that can uh, deignite the lightsaber and turn it into a blaster. Okay. Uh, and so that is pretty damn badass. That's a and lot. So it's, yeah. it's like dial up in the sense that he can't do two at once. Right. Um, but <laughs> he is able to like pull the lightsaber back in and he's able to send out like small charges uh, by using it as a blaster. That which isn't is a, really cool. It is an aggressive weapon though. It's not just a defensive prop. You're right. Yeah, absolutely. But at the time, the, it was designed when the rebels were like really like in the in the shitter it was to get away it was to get away from stormtroopers and because he wasn't really good enough with a lightsaber yet to yeah. only have a lightsaber as his defense weapon yeah um and so eventually he loses it and gets it and gets uh, a green lightsaber um because he has a very very strong connection to animals and life force in that regard um but it's interesting to see his first one is uh is, is a scrappy blue one that uh, can turn into a kind of like a pink ball gun <laughs> What else? Anything else? Uh, eight would be Ventress. Yep. Uh, and that one is really cool because uh, she's a badass dual wielder. And it's a double-bladed lightsaber that unhooks uh, into like dual-wielding lightsabers. Uh, and it's shaped like an S. And so um, as opposed to being like a long bar, it is an, it's like a, an off-handed S that can be unhooked into two curved lightsaber hilts, mm -hmm. like Dooku's. Uh, and so that's very, very cool. Uh, it's kind of a badass use case. I was always a little bit more uh, partial to the idea of having two separate lightsabers than having a double-bladed one. I always thought that was like, like that's I agree. pretty amazing. Uh, and this is the one I wanted to talk about uh, with, a, with like a little bit more than the, the last couple one. And this was the one that was my number seven. Uh, it was on my list until I put Yoda in its place because I preferred the design. I'm not a huge fan of the design, but everything else about it. And it would be Ahsoka's second set of sabers. It was just so cool. They're white blades. Uh, and when she really, after she fakes her death, uh, she slowly gathers parts and she re They are designed to look like katanas. Um, they're slightly curved. Uh, they are um, really thin. They're longer. Um, they're not cylinders, but they're kind of like flattened cylinders, um, almost like a really sleek knife handle would be. Uh, they're they're just so badass. She is the best dual wielder in Star Wars, without a doubt. But it's really cool because they're also um, she fought an Inquisitor, which had a dual bladed lightsaber, and she killed the Inquisitor, and she bled the crystals back from from red hmm. uh, and bled them back white and built her own sabers from that. Uh, and so, although she left the Jedi Order, she is this this neutral imprint of uh, the force and as someone who was brought back to life by the daughter of Mortis um, the fact that these lightsabers are very clean and I, I encourage you to look them up because they will 
uh, scratch your itch of a pure chrome cylinder to a degree. I did. I did um, look them up. I, I was looking at them earlier today, and they're fantastic. I like considered choosing them. Even I was like, I love. I love that. Super but I, badass. I don't have enough of a relationship to Ahsoka. And that's fair. And they, she uses them when she fights Vader uh, after a, a, a long-awaited uh, uh, kind of battle for the two of them to have. But they're white blades. The fact that there's two of them, um, they're just so sleek and clean. Uh, she's kind of like Ahsoka the White. And so the fact that they fit in well with that is also really cool. Um, I mean, there's not a whole lot else to say, uh, but we will get to see them likely in The Mandalorian. Um, so they're going to get more use case. And they are so damn cool they're so fitting for the character the character has grown like so much and the fact that we get to see so much of the character arc um it'll be interesting to see uh if she even uses them much at this point in kind of in her lifespan but uh the fact that they're so simple and clean uh i think is also great because she is uh i've said this before she is kind of the spiritual successor to qui-gon yeah. in star wars yeah and so as a result of that uh, having somebody have such plain lightsabers um, in that regard, I think is fitting. Anything else you want to say about lightsabers? I, it's so interesting to me that you and I have collectively discussed, like just on our short lists, 12 mm. lightsabers, arguably I, the only none of them are the same. That's the crazy. only ones we would talk about. Like, mm -hmm. honestly, like we didn't leave off any obvious ones. Nope. Uh, I feel a little silly not having the Graflex or Darth Vader's lightsaber on my list, but it's kind of no, like... It's kinda I didn't like, have Luke's green. It's kind of like not picking the Imperial March. You're like, I got to go with my heart. It feels kind of silly, yeah. but like this is what it is. Anyway, those are all the lightsabers that, that you might consider, uh, unless you want to get real niche about it. But we I would, think so, probably, yeah. We would love for you to let us know. You can tweet us at Recorder66, email Recorder66podcast at gmail.com. Uh, what about Gungi? Gungi's lightsaber. Gungi was a Padawan Wookiee, and he had a wood lightsaber it was pretty badass actually i mean that's not the worst thing i've ever heard of honestly. and terrace terrace cool. anube he kept his hidden in his cane because uh, okay. he was a really old dude that was cool too. <laughs> what's going on in the news i feel like a lot of things have happened uh yes and no um there's been some shots of yoda in his high republic robes he's looking good uh mm -hmm. so that'll be interesting to kind of see what he's doing in the galaxy at that time period um for uh mandalorian we still don't have a trailer which is really odd no or, um, or there's the alternative where uh this episode comes out like a day oh, yeah. after we record and it's actually already come out like it, this feels like one of those situations where we're recording on the wrong night and the trailer is right around the corner yeah, yeah. um gina carano needs to quit social media oh she's bad um, at it is she she's really bad at social media uh she's gotten herself in hot water this is at least the second time might be the third time where she has voiced an opinion on something at some point and just decided to not really want to listen to what the world has to say. The woke police, although being like, I call them the woke police are in almost every case they've been right. Yeah. And in this one, absolutely. She's being pretty kind of district, not kind. She's being disrespectful to transgender people. Um, and Really? Quit. She just needs to quit social media. Yeah. It's I don't I don't believe she's a bad person. I believe she is somebody who um does not should does not understand their uh does not understand that you have that it is a privilege to use social media and that it will 
uh, deservingly skewer your career if you are a celebrity who abuses it or, or doesn't uh, um, doesn't consider it extremely carefully. This sounds uh, like very similar to the J.K. Rowling ongoing uh, situation. Uh, yeah. And, and not just because it's transphobia specifically, but because she unfortunately it, it, had pronouns. this like long history of um of being criticized for frankly bullshit reasons and she developed a thick skin for that and an ability to respond mm -hmm. to it gracefully that when yes. she when she was criticized for something legitimate she failed to distinguish her critics and mm -hmm. so she just doubled down on this thing she was wrong about. And I don't know the situation with Gina Carano, but no, it could be that's like that. kind of right. Yeah. That, that's, that kind of seems to be a little bit what yeah. it is. So it's about pronouns. Uh, and uh, she made some pretty seemingly mocking comments. Um, Good Lord. And, uh, and she, she did say she had a conversation with Pedro Pascal. Because um, it was about like uh, use of pronouns in like your uh, Twitter bios and whatnot. Mm. Uh, and Pedro Pascal... I, has his pronouns in his Twitter bio, for example. Yeah, it's and very common. Kinda, yep. had, had a, yeah, exactly. And um, had a bit of an educational conversation with her. Um, but I don't still think she necessarily uh, apologized in the right way or, or um, acknowledged um, acknowledged that she was in the wrong and that she probably should have eaten some crow. Um, but hopefully, uh, hopefully she does uh, hire somebody that um, tells her to just, you know, shut up or um, learn and uh, eat crow publicly because if you're going to be public about those things you have to then publicly admit when you're wrong. That's right. We're here to learn. We're here to improve as people. What's next in the news? Um, I watched a little small interview with uh, Ewan McGregor um, and Ewan McGregor is, uh, is a beautiful man yep. uh, but my God uh, he looked like shit. <laughs> um, he, and it was great because um, if he's going to prepare for Obi-Wan, he looks like he's been in the fucking Tunisian desert, even though I know they're shooting this in the volume. Um, he, he just looked like crap. He, he looked really a lot old. He looked closer to Alec Guinness than like Revenge of the Sith Obi-Wan. <laughs> well, I actually think he's a little hard living. I don't I don't think he's like a, a like got unhealthy lifestyles or whatever, but dude loves his motorcycle so much. Oh, and yeah, I yeah. think I think that might be kind of hard on your skin and stuff. Yeah, I would imagine that it could be for sure with that kind of wind burn, that constant, uh, or I don't know what kind of, I guess, uh, helmet he has. But anyway, uh, besides that, uh, further confirmation that it is uh, going to be four to six episodes maximum. Yeah. Um, one season maximum uh, and that they are starting shooting in the spring. So it looks like they're just they're doing stuff now. Starting shooting in the spring. Right. OK, that's good. Yeah, I had heard that as well, but uh Still a bit of a weight on that one for sure. And uh, really, the only thing I have in the news uh, is something that uh, proves me right, um, but also is a little annoying. Um, so uh, I don't know if you saw this, but Daisy Ridley did um, admit yeah. that Ray was uh, initially a Kenobi. Well, look, I, 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 I watched it. I, I, she so indicated, I. I know she indicated that she was a, a lot of things. I know, but yeah. I, I, I believe that her indication was that in the earliest of drafts in the early, in, in the force awakens, I believe she probably was a Kenobi. I don't know. I don't, uh, I didn't, I didn't read it quite that literally. I don't think she said anything so specific. This is her Jimmy Kimmel interview with Josh Gad. She, yeah. she was more largely revealing that they didn't have a plan 
and that yes. they were just kind of like right up until the end, they were like still kind of going with maybe nobody. And so she casually said at one point there was some Kenobi talks. Like, I don't think it was never, it was ever so, so, uh, sturgently, uh, decided upon that she would be a Kenobi and then, and then retracted. I think maybe it was considered like a lot of things were true. It's interesting because the way she, I think the way she was said was, at first it was kind of Kenobi, then it was nobody, and then it was kind of Palpatine, and then it was nobody again, and then it was Palpatine. Again. Yeah, right. Um, and then so that kind of makes me believe, but in Trevorrow's script, she was nobody. Um, and so that makes me kind of believe that in The Force Awakens, before um, the rise, of, before Duel of the Fates was written, the Force Awakens was done in a way for her to for her to be a Kenobi. No one followed up on that. Right. That's the way I interpreted that. And that Ryan followed up as she was nobody, and then JJ followed up on the Rise of Skywalker as nobody, Palpatine, nobody, Palpatine. I just uh, that's, found that is the way I interpreted it. But at the same time, you're right. The main thing she was saying was that um, at a point in shooting the Rise of Skywalker. Um, it was Palpatine, nobody Palpatine. All three of those did occur during the shooting of Rise of Skywalker. I just found it very strange that they were doing that interview with Josh Gad and Daisy now anyway. It, it just, it, it stuck out like, oh, stuck out like a friends. sore thumb. I get that they're friends and he, um, and, and she, she, by the way, is just... She's so lovely. Yes, she's a sweetheart. I love her. Yeah, and she she will do episode 10 in a decade in I think so. 15 years. She seems to and have also, a great attitude about it, but I just... I My cynical side was like, did somebody set this up to maybe cool the waters because there's still a lot of heat on what John Boyega said last week, which, by the way, we haven't talked about on the podcast. Like, that dude, oh, yeah. perhaps rightfully so, is not feeling good about his Star Wars experience. And uh, this... I mean, kind of backfired. Yeah, a couple weeks, but you're right. That is another thing to mention. Yeah, it kind it kind of backfired a little bit. But like, she has a good attitude about Star Wars, but also like making her talk about Star Wars in detail uh, nine months after her job is over. It just felt very strange to me. Yeah, I, I think that comes from the fact that um, they clearly know each other very well and have, uh, and they did work together on um, what was that? Um, Murder on the Orient Express. Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, he was, he probably asked her a lot of questions during that time period. I don't know. It's, it seems, um, I don't know. I, I think it's purely because he's just a massive star Wars fan and she was in star Wars and he was given the opportunity to host and that they're friends. And that was an easier thing to talk about because she's not really doing that much. Right. Um, and, uh, I think she, I think there, there are not, there have been stories out there that she hasn't received a ton of, um, opportunities or offers since she first got star wars interesting Inter intermittently or after or at any points really Very it's 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 not like like i mean obviously it has catapulted her career but like it hasn't necessarily no i mean she's the offers don't flood in she's promoting an audiobook like i i exactly I, i'm a little nervous about that like sounds cool but like uh, we'll see. <laughs> well, I mean, she's such a charming actress. She's um, a great actor. Such a charming, she's yeah. such a charming person. Yeah. Um, although I'm not going to complain um, if it means we do, you know, get more Ray down the line. No, I agree with that. <laughs> I'm certainly not going to complain about that. Anything else you want to say this week? Uh, no, other than you're right. Uh, it's definitely been uh, 
shitty about John Boyega, um, about his opinions on... He did a cover um, story for GQ, and he like really got into having felt sidelined um, as, he, as a and minority. And so. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We've mentioned that before, and that uh, I think we both completely stand behind everything John Boyega said. Uh, it's just uh, it, it's a shame that that's the case, um, and hopefully... Uh, hopefully representation will be done in a more appropriate way. And I think, I think people can only hope that it's a, it's a learning experience for, for Disney uh, and that it's not more, you know, just token use case. Although the Oscars did create a few token rules I know recently. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. They're, they're trying to be a little, although they're what's good, but once again, just let's hope the implementation works in a way that actually benefits the people the way it's intended. Exactly. In a bit of a Star Wars birthday drought, nobody to wish happy birthday to. Um, really? Yeah. So just everybody happy, uh, happy oh, wow. third week in September. Uh, if you have any uh, comments on this week's episode, or if you want to tell us what your favorite Star Wars lightsabers are, I mean, you don't have to come up with six. Just tell us your also, favorite. Tweet us at Recorder Six Six. There's a coffee table book coming out about lightsabers, okay. uh, a definitive canon lightsaber book um, coming out in October, which is kind of cool. And so that it'll do be like. Little tidbits on all of the, the lightsabers that have been featured in Star Wars. So that'd be cool. We'd love to hear from you. You know how to do that. We'd also love for you to rate and review this podcast on your preferred podcast app. In the last couple of months, we've kind of reformatted the podcast, and it might be uh, something that more people want to hear now. We've actually heard from some people that it's it's uh, the new format is working really well for them. And so if you want to share it with your friends or just anybody, um, please rate and review on your preferred podcast app. It would uh, mean so much to us. And until we are together again, may the force be with you.